Mountain Wellness, optimizing human performance to extend longevity for mountain athletes. What up, mountain athletes and outdoor adventurers? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Reed, and I'm joined, as always, with my mountain brother, Mr. Mike Mahina. What's going on, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, California to Montana. This This is the wild one you've been waiting for. That's right, dude. Sunny Southern California to rugged... Montana, the mountain state. Yeah, I had to go find my ruggedness up in. Uh, I had to go find it up in the Sierras. Did you know Montana is a Native American for mountain? Ah, no. Fun fact. So it's truly the mountain state. Well, that's the difference. You walk in your backyard. I got to drive 186 <laughs> miles. So it's like to get to the real mountains. <laughs> Well, dude, there's where we're going to get into it with in today's episode. We know that California has the highest peak in the United States, so Montana can't claim that one. Yeah, so we're going to get into this crazy story. I mean, it it, it got it got wild up uh, on at the tops of Whitney up at the uh, near the peak. It just got it unfolded in a way that I did not I tried to anticipate everything, but you can't, right? Yep. And for the listeners, uh, we're talking about Mike's recent climb summit, Mount Whitney, the highest peak in the Western continental United States. Uh, They managed to do it, but we're going to get into some of the the crazy stuff that that went down. And I don't think Mike and his team anticipated the the grueling grind that that it was. So I'm excited to unpack. All that, all if you, say, yeah, no. All I, I can say I, is, nope, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was going to tell him if you didn't catch last episode, we went over uh, Mike's preparation, training, his gear loadout, and all that good stuff. So, uh, might be fun to go back listen to that one and then then follow up with this one. Uh, but yeah, dude, grab your cup of coffee, sit down with your friends, or sit back on your commute to work and. We're gonna um, we're gonna get into it, but before we do, we should announce this week's winner of our product yes. review and giveaway. Heck yeah! So, so and um, yeah. you want me to get it, or you got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take it. Okay, so we went up to Instagram, one of the places that you can follow us on the Mountain Wellness Podcast, and Michael Barker left a uh left his uh review um and his he tagged somebody else in the post so that was one of the things that we needed and he has won this week's this week's giveaway which is the grip six belt and merino socks so we're going to have to reach out to him and get his information and uh you guys i mean this is it's not kicking it any easier to win on mountain wellness podcast dude shout out to michael barker we see that you're local Montana, Montanans, so good to see we got some Montana listeners, and I've really been enjoying my Grip 6 belt, dude. It's uh, They're legit. I love them, and I love that they're all American-made, manufactured, sourced, so 
Uh, really hope you enjoy that that new Grip Six belt, Michael. Yeah. Oh, and some merino socks, right? So we got some merino wool socks coming. Yes, though I think it's Rambouillet merino wool, some high quality socks that are actually the great thing about these socks is their odor absorbing and they are they wick away sweat from the feet which those two things are really important to me when i'm on a trail run so that's been cool too i wore those on whitney had no issues ever at all with my feet so i was i was stoked to have that and that was a 21 mile grind yeah that was I've, I've been really enjoying their socks i've been testing them out so all right well we will uh shoot you a dm dm michael barker on instagram get your contact info get your address and uh, have grip six mail you out some of their product so congrats and then that brings us to the to this week's giveaway what do we got mike yes <laughs> all right so in this behind this curtain <laughs> we have uh so i'm looking at fat fuel um fat fuel is a coffee that that if you know Corey and i we've been drink putting fat in our coffee and uh sea salt uh, as i you take know. a sip of my my fatty <laughs> buttery coffee go ahead yeah and so you know we've been doing that for years and i tried to take it into the back country i took little tubes of coconut oil like straight up Kerrygold, salt everything yep. so i could make mine in the back country the problem is when you have it back there the the oils from the butter and the oil stick to the titanium cups and you can't clean it so it's stuck there it becomes bear bait you just stick it out front of your tent and hope you don't get eaten but but uh so the fat fuel eliminates all that because it's in a powder form so you can take it on the go we use it in uh in the uh, hotel rooms before we leave i mean the first thing in the morning we were all pounding fat fuels before we hit the whitney trail yep. so that is going to be our next giveaway you can win a package of i think it's 15 in a, in a it's a it's a case so you're getting you're getting and it's good tasting coffee so that yeah i have to say next giveaway so i i tried this for the first time on our recent trip to the sierras uh coffee last snob month. coffee snob hey, yeah <laughs> coffee that's what i was just gonna <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna say so i hit up mike i said yo what are we doing for coffee and he's like, oh, I got this fat fuel. And I'm like, what the heck is fat fuel? Some like instant coffee. He's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's it's got some good reviews. And so I'm literally, I'm thinking, yeah, right. This stuff's going to be another, you know, instant coffee type stuff. And <laughs> like, how can you dehydrate fat? Because like, you, you think of fat, it's got to be like butter, coconut oil, right? It's like, it's fat. It's <laughs> So Mike right. shows up with it the first morning. And that's when we were camping up at uh, um, uh, um, uh, Tom's place. And so we roll out of our tent and Mike gets the, uh, gets some water going, heats up some water and I hand him my mug and he pours this fat fuel in there. And I'm like, I take a sip of it. I couldn't believe how good it was. I was really blown away. So then it became our, uh, like our go-to. I mean, we were, we, we were slamming those down. Uh, all week up there so shout out to fat fuel great product um super handy just a um you know backpacking or in the outdoors it's just a what a great product so um mike tell them how they can win a pack of fat fuel uh it's really simple just go on our spotify or apple on 
our podcast for Mountain Wellness Podcast. And you can just leave a five-star review would be amazing for us. And that's one way to enter. You could also go to Instagram, mountainwellness.podcast, and tag a friend, leave a comment. Uh, and we'd appreciate that. And you have been entered to win. And we make our drawings. It'll be two weeks from now on our next podcast. Boom. Sweet. All right, dude. Let's get into it. I'm excited to hear the Mount Whitney story. And I've pur- <laughs> purposely been not asking you a lot of details. Uh, you know, you and I have talked throughout the week uh, a few times, but I haven't got into the details. I know some of the some of the funny um, <laughs> funny things that happen that we'll get into uh, today. Wait, I was giving you the I was giving <laughs> you the side calls, the side phone calls when we got off the plane. Like when John was here and the stuff started to unfold, I was like, "Corey, I don't know what to do I, about this, man." He, we, <laughs> so it just started before we even got here. No, and let's do it. Let's just tell the story in chronological order, starting from the first few text messages I got from you <laughs> about John and <laughs> his his ready his ready. Sierra pack like ordered off of Amazon that you said that looked like uh, his his wife had ordered them and, and prepped them for the trip <laughs> for the for the trip. So, dude, I I yeah, let's do it. I uh, and so and I've told John this like we've had this conversation after Whitney. It's like you just like <laughs> everything comes out because I was like, dude, I'm just being honest with you about like how I thought of you and then how it actually turned out. But and and that's separate from him being. <laughs> A really nice guy. Like, this guy you would hang out with everywhere. Like, he's one of those guys that's just so laid back, but also a shredded athlete. So, yeah. The thing I the thing I learned about climbing something like Whitney is I had never I've done all the trips all over the Sierras but I hadn't done Whitney. And this is going to be the first trip that I was going to lead because all the other ones I was just a participant like yeah, I'll go with you guys, let's do this and I didn't really work on the permits, I didn't talk, I didn't worry about the gear as much. I mean, I always had good gear, but I never I mean, you yeah. and I are gearheads. We both <laughs> are very obsessed with like really good equipment. We like high yep. quality equipment and things that we know are not going to break down in the backcountry, which <laughs> turned out to be a big issue for me on the beginning of this trip. Uh, and, you know, we did the review. I did the video of everything we're supposed to take. I made Google Doc of like all the gear, sent it out to everybody on the trip, to, the, to my son and to John. But I learned that I need to ask better questions because John is my wife's best friend's husband and so i figured we get along okay we would you know there i'm sure that it would you know we'd get along okay but i didn't know him yeah and uh i didn't know his experience i didn't i didn't know his athleticism they told me he was a marathon runner and i was like okay you know but what about backpacking and they're like not so much i mean you know basically so i just didn't know and so i talked to him on zoom and everything was was cool he's like yeah let's go and it's gonna be fine and i'm like did you read the google docs he's like yeah 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 i read it it's all good how about the breath work yeah you know yeah i totally like like i look to look into that <laughs> like so okay all right we're good then and you never know if anybody actually does you know what they're gonna say they're gonna do so i wasn't sure so he gets here he lands uh and this is you know, the fires were happening like three days before all permits were canceled for Mount Whitney. Whitney Portal was shut down. Fire was burning out front of Whitney Portal. We saw all the red red fire retardant and everything. And they just opened it up to us three days, 
you know, after. And so we were so grateful. I mean, everything had to line up. The weather had to be perfect. There had to be no fires. You know, all these things that are simple things for a summit attempt have to be there. And it all started to line up. So as we're watching this unfold, I'm like, okay, we're going to get our shot. So he gets off the plane and we say our hellos. And at the same time, my wife's flying off to Florida to go see her friends. So we're basically switching. Like her husband's coming here and my wife's getting on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, to visit them in Florida. So that's cool. I was like, all right, this is, this is, you know, it's going to work out great. And, but we're hanging out. I think we hung out for a few hours before my wife had to leave, but we're driving in the car in my Jeep on the freeway. And I'm like, so how'd it go with the gear and everything? You know, how's everything going? And he's like, well, you know, I had my, my wife pack my backpack and, uh, (laughs) she went up, she went up on Amazon. She found like, I don't know, like an adventure kind of kit, like a, an adventure kit. And I was like, I almost threw my Jeep into reverse. Cause I was like, no, you ain't doing that. Like we're gearheads. So this isn't going to work. I'm like, hold on. So I'm just keeping it to myself. Like, I'm like, Oh, like, you know how you're cringing inside. You're like, you did not just say that. And, it's like uh, a backpack that says Sierra Adventures on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like Mountain Whitney kit. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, there isn't one. You know, in my mind, I'm like, there is no kit on Amazon for high adventure. Like, like no. And he's so cool and laid back that he's like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. You guys, it'll be fine. And I'm like, I'm so, but for a gearhead like us, we're like, no, 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 this is, I'm having an issue here. I'm having like an and like not just gearhead, but risk assessment, like, you know all the all the potential liabilities and risk it's like you and i are very much like okay let's let's make sure we we got it all covered um and he's just right. like nah it's good we got it <laughs> we'll deal with the problem if there's one when we when we have it and it's hard cuz it's again my wife's in the car with us it's it's you know her best friend's husband so i can't say anything i'm just like all right all right that's cool i'm texting you Corey. i'm like i don't know man like i this is a serious mountain and we've got you know the amazon kit and i'm worried like is this gonna work like how you know i'm like what else did he not do (laughs) so i threw the breath work out the window because i'm like okay i probably didn't do that um i was like all right well we're just going to see how this goes. And then Cameron's in Mexico, my son. He's coming back from a week on, you know, hanging out at the beach. And so he's coming from that day, Sunday, when we leave. He's We're leaving, heading for up there. And Cameron's got to drive by himself, like, the next morning to meet us. So he's, you know what I mean? He's coming from not really training. He's just hanging out with a Hawaiian I had that thought because I talked to him on his way up. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I just flew in from Mexico. And I'll... And I that was like, huh? So you've been like chilling out at the beach, not I, you know, because Cameron for the listeners, he's really active. He's been doing CrossFit since he was like twelve years old. That's actually how I met Cameron and Mike, but that's another story. But anyways, that's what I had that thought. I'm like, man, he's going from like straight R and R to one of the hardest. <laughs> marathon <laughs> <Totally>. events there are <laughs> right and he did not know that I, as later as i learned he's like dad i thought this was just going to be a hike but it might be a little bit harder but just like we do in the sierras and i'm like oh yeah. so but that didn't ha- hit me until uh when we got into a situation that was rough up on the on the summit area but you know the funny thing was is I'm assessing, okay, they're both athletes. In my back of my mind, I'm like, okay, you guys are athletes. I know you don't have the gear. You're, you're not, you're coming from a more loose perspective. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, how does this affect everything? I'm constantly evaluating everything. 
<laughs> so we get up there. Now we're, we drive up, we're staying at the best Westerner in Lone Pine, and we're looking out that, from every view of Lone Pine, you have a view of Think of, of how many in. other people have been in that same room or at that same <laughs> hotel just pondering over this, you know, all the things that you were wondering that night. Right, and you're looking you know, up, and it's, it, yeah, and it just taunts you. Like, you look up at Whitney, and I'm like, that's a long ways, man, and it's And really I have, high. like, being blind... Uh, I didn't go blind until I was 23 and I grew up in the Eastern Sierras and my dad summited that mountain in his early twenties. So, you know, every time we drove through Lone Pine on our way up to the Bishop and, um, you know, into the Sierras, he would point it out. And I remember one thing that always stuck out is those, those peaks, how they, they're just so, like when you're when you're down at the in the valley floor and you look up and you'll see the wind wisping off the top of them, you know, like these little clouds, and you can tell it's just it's just a rugged, gnarly place. And to think that, all right, I'm setting out, I'm gonna I'm gonna hike to the top of that. It's uh, it's crazy. Just because, and get back just, down on the same to, day. Yeah, like you know what I mean. I'm gonna go up there and then, <laughs> I'm gonna go up there, touch the crown, and then run down. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was weighing on me for sure. And I kept thinking about his gear, like, okay, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, let's go through what you got. And so he's taking it out. We're looking at it. I'm like, okay, man, it's basic stuff. And I'm like, I guess I don't know how much this is going to matter out there. I mean, if we get into some weather or something, it might. But I kept thinking to myself, but like, if you were like a Navy SEAL or a special operator, you showed up to that game and they were like, well, we're, you know, well, my wife packed my pack, you know, that's how, <laughs> that's how this went down, you know, that they're like, well, there's no jungle kit, mission kit on the thing, you know, they would be, they would be really upset. And like, that's how we think about it. I'm like, they're going to beat you up, man. So I was thinking about it like that. Like, this is, this is, you know, serious. Like everybody, please you know, take it serious. So, but now it's too late. So. We have a day or two to do pre-hike. So the first day we drive up to Horseshoe Meadow and it's like 10,000 feet elevation. And the way up, we're looking at these zigzags that go, switchbacks that go across the mountain and it looks steep. Like these zigzags go straight up the side of the mountain. He's like, wow, that looks really steep. You know, he's starting to like look at like, that looks pretty difficult. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be good. So we get in the Jeep. We're on our way up to do a, to a, do a test hike or just a pre-hike kind of walk around, get elevation, some the theory is train high, sleep low is what the kind of the the approach is to pre-hikes. And uh, as we're driving up, he's like, yeah, can you slow down a little bit? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. What's, you know, like, what's up? I'm not driving fast. Like, in my mind, I'm like, what's up? And so he's like, yo, you know, this corner's, man, that was a really sharp turn. And he's, like, starting to visibly show signs of being, like, afraid oh, of distressed heights. about the height. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so we're not, we're inside a car. And I'm like, you realize where we're going tomorrow, right? Like, you realize those knife edge pinnacles are like, they're, there's going to be way scarier than this. I'm thinking, like, oh man, in my mind, I'm like, oh wow. And so now he goes, well, I didn't, you know, really tell you, but I have like a, a really genuine fear of heights. And I'm like, okay, so it's a day before we go. And I'm like, now we have someone who's totally afraid of heights. And and I know where we're going. Like, I have a good idea of how rough it's going to be. But I really had no idea until I saw it. And I was like, oh, my God, this this is yeah, over. Because pictures like, never do it justice. Never. 
Yeah, I thought this was gonna. We were turning around at the pinnacles. That's what I thought. I thought this is not gonna work. But but I'll just. I'm like all happy. Like yeah, it's gonna be fine. I'm driving up to the horseshoe meadows. And we get out, and I'm trying to hold him back. Like he's like, yeah, he's so excited because you know he's in the mountains. He's in the Sierras. Like he he truly loves the mountains, which was such a great. I love to see people excited when they're first like seeing the mountains yeah. and experiencing it. You know what that's like when you take somebody up there. And he had that 100%. And he's like, I just, let's just go on a couple mile hike. And I'm like, yeah, the kid comes down, out dude. and doesn't matter how old you are. It's just like immediately they light up. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm trying to slow him down. Like, well, let's just go a couple miles, see how it is and stuff and, and how we do. And, and, but he wants to go. Like, he's got, he's, he's in turbo mode. So I'm like, all right, we'll just, we're going to go on a hike. So we hike and we're doing really well at 10,000 feet. I'm like, you know what? We feel both feel really good. We ended up going five miles, which was farther than I wanted to go. I'm like, we got to conserve. Yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> for to be doing Whitney the next day. That's a good hike to get in. Right at ten thousand feet, so like 10, you know, you're you're pushing your body, <clears throat> and uh, so yeah, so we did that, and I'm like, okay, let's get out of here because like that's far enough. <laughs> we got and, plenty uh, to do tomorrow. <laughs> totally, and then in the morning, Cameron shows up first thing in the morning, and uh, going through his gear, making sure he's got food. I mean, I have half his gear with me. He's bringing his other half of gear, and we're trying to get it in the pack and get him squared <laughs> away. And I'm and I'm thinking, okay, guys, this is like you know, this is loose. It's pretty loose for what we got to do. And I still didn't understand what this mountain was about. And I, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, okay, yeah. So we made a couple of mistakes the night before. So we do it. Oh, we do a two mile hike again. We had another day. So now we're Sunday. Now we're Monday. We got we got a two mile like hike in with Cameron, so he could get his elevation legs up there doing breath work, like breathing through the nose. We're doing specific things to kind of prepare, you know, try to prepare him. It's like, yeah. okay, this is what it's going to be. And we wanted to go up the trail from Whitney Portal so that we knew, okay, this is what it's going to feel like. Because now we're going out at 3 a.m. in the middle of the dark, and it's, it's a lot easier to get orientation when you, if you can drive up, walk a mile or two up the Whitney Trail, and then go, okay, this is this is the game. We got it. We understand it. Yeah, this it. is the feel. So then, this is what we're going to be on. Yeah, here's where we're going to park, here's where the trailhead is. All those details at 3 a.m. are much harder. So if you can get a day in before, check out the portal, you're, you're much better off. And that's what we did. So he, we do a two-mile hike with Cameron, and everybody wants to keep going. <laughs> we're up there, and I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to stop here, and we're going to turn around. And John's like, all right. And you can tell he's bummed, like, okay. And it's like I'm just, it's like I'm trying to hold back like athletes. like holding the horse, like, <laughs> holding back like a racer. Yeah, no, these, are, these guys are straight-up athletes. I'm like... Please, guys, just trust me. You know, this is, I read everything in the book. And like, this is when you think like everything in the book is not necessarily reality, but you're trying to stick to the book because these guys have climbed it multiple times. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I would have been back at the, at the hotel napping. Like, well, you guys were up there. I'd be like, no, I'm me good. too. I'm going to save totally. every bit of energy for, to well, when you got, you know, the day, the actual day. I would have been up. I think that's a great idea going up and, and hiking, uh, in a mile or you know a little bit just to kind yeah. of feel bef what you're going to be on i think that was a good call. totally that was reasonable yeah two miles yep. that's reasonable five miles no you're 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 starting to burn and i was i was tired when i got back i'm like i'm okay but i was just a little bit tired i'm like all right i need yeah. to hang out now we went and it's not and it's not really necessary it's just it's not especially with your pre you know your preparation your training like you're not going to get much totally advantage <clears throat> You know, like it's, you already have a huge advantage with your 
CO2 tolerance with the coming into it with the breath work training. So your acclimation yeah. is going to be, you know, a lot, you know, a lot easier so that I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think there was any, you know, it's not really necessary to go put any mileage on and burn yourself out in any way physically. I want to keep yeah, those- and that, and that, and that, as we go, that proves out to be off the charts as far as the stuff yeah. we did at sea level up there. It was like absolutely unbelievable. We'll get into that, but uh, you know, so we did that for that pre hike. Uh, it's funny because we're like, okay, we're going to be in bed by seven o'clock. That's the plan. Seven p.m. Yeah, you texted me. I remember bed. that. I was all hyped <laughs> for you. So we we went, and the amazing thing was, is I think that two mile hike, even we just went down. Like everybody's just like lights out, closed yeah. everything up, total darkness. We're out, and then I wake up and uh, to go to use the restroom, and I'm like, oh wow, it must be getting close to, to three a.m. because it's time to go. And I go into the bathroom, and it's like it's eight fifteen, and the light it's still sunny out. And I'm like, oh dang. <laughs> I thought I thought oh we're getting close to go time and I'm like oh, I've been asleep for an hour and fifteen minutes and so people aren't sleeping well because they're they're starting to get amped because they know like something's up like Mount Whitney's calling our name so I try to get back to sleep I take some natural calm and some magnesium I'm like I'm like okay I know Corey be hitting that magnesium we're trying to get, I'm trying to sleep and I did I got all the way till one in the morning and then I woke up and I start thinking again I'm start going through my head checklist like and then I thought you know what. I have the SOS in reach. I have the um, GPS, but I'm the only one who knows how to use it. So if I get incapacitated, the other two guys aren't going to know what to do. So I'm like making my checklist. All right, I got to show these guys how to use a GPS. Uh, how did we have a backup navigation? So if my phone goes down, someone else has got the navigation, and so all those little details are running through my head. John's, I find later, I find out later, he's not asleep either. He's awake. He's awake worrying about the pinnacles. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to get up to those pinnacles. And, I'm gonna... and so everybody's got their thing, but Cameron's out cold. Like he's just out. And I was glad yeah, he was that. a party yeah. in Mexico, 20 year old. He's, he's like <laughs> jet lag and everything. Cause he flew in like the day before. So he's out and I'm like, all right, I'm trying to be quiet. Man, as soon as 3 a.m. hit, everybody was ready to go, and we're packing your stuff at 3 a.m. And when you're packing, and then the your adrenaline's gear at 3 going. Yeah, because like, you're packing regardless your regardless of how much sleep you got. You know, it's just like I know that feeling. You just yeah, it's all of a sudden you're up, and you're like, oh, it's game time. It's 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 yeah. literally it's go time. When you're loading gear at 3 a.m., you know you're headed for somewhere. Like you know this is going to be uh, this is going to be amazing. Whatever it is, it's going to be amazing. Uh, so yeah, so we're heading up there at 3 a.m. Got some video footage, and we're going to put all that video. I have a bunch of video clips of of uh, different uh, parts of the of the trip on there, including some breathwork stuff. But we uh, we get right to the trailhead at 3 a.m., which was perfect. I show them how to use the GPS. I'm like, if I get incapacitated, you guys have to know how to operate the SOS. You know, I mean, I'm starting to get serious, and they're like, okay, everybody's got their headlamps on. It's dark, pitch dark, you know, and everybody's like, okay. It's it's t- go time, and so we head up off the trail, start hiking, and it's absolutely amazing because you're in the pitch darkness, and you know to the left of you at this particular time, it's just dark. It's just the abyss. Like you know, it's steep. You could just feel it, and you're going up, going, yeah, yeah you can't trip here, you can't trip here. It's not good. So we had so much adrenaline and energy, we weren't gonna, you know, we were good. Day breaks, sun's out, and the. Did you guys fuel the, up? You, I just, I'm just curious. Did you guys do anything before we, you set out on the trail? Oh my gosh, good point. So, 
Cameron and uh, so John and I both had fat fuel, and uh, I took some Shout essential to aminos. <laughs> yep, uh, took some Keon essential aminos, and uh, I think I had a bar like a food like a Keon food bar before we left. Yeah, but here's the th- here's the thing that got us in trouble though. We all thought the night before, you know what? We are not. We are not going to EBE. We're going to be so hungry that like it's going to be off the charts for for hunger because it's a twenty one hour grind. So Cameron's look. Cameron looks over at my plate. And he's like, "Dad, my meal was much smaller than yours, and I didn't even have time to see what he ate." And he goes, "So I'm going to order what you had too." So he orders like a uh, a club sandwich, and he downs that club sandwich. So he, so he's pretty full. We all drank the coffee in the morning. So we would go, so we didn't have to go on Whitney number two, because that's where you have to have a wag bag, and it's like, there's no privacy. It's like, it's awkward up there. Like, everybody has digestion issues at elevation, and it's awkward up there. So, you know, we had the fat fuel, it went right through us, and it worked really well. I didn't know Cameron didn't do the fat fuel. He didn't do coffee that morning. I wasn't, you know, it's hard to pay attention to your own stuff and keep an eye on everybody else, and so he didn't. So off we went. And this is going to come back and just bite us in the ass like you wouldn't believe later on. So we're going up there. We get to see some deer in the meadows, and the scenery is spectacular. And Whitney's getting closer and closer as you go. Oh, yeah, because you, you guys were out on the trail at dark. So you got to, like, right as the sun was coming up. And it man, was that must absolutely. Have been it's absolutely spectacular. I can tell you that the the road up, you know, the trail up to Whitney is just yeah. a, a beautiful experience. You know, before you're still in tree line most of the way, till about ten thousand feet, and then you start to push to eleven and twelve, and tree line slowly disappears, and then there's nothing except rock. And uh, and you can see that at about ten thousand feet is the first part where people start to have elevation effects where they're like, Whoa, I don't, you know, yeah. you're grinding uphill for miles and then you get to 10,000 feet. And you're like, you know, I feel a little funky right now. So I'm like, all right, we got a 10 minute break. Let's pull over. Let's do a breathwork session. Pull out the pulse ox. I put it on me, Cameron, and we're all about 90 and r- roughly 90 is our saturation. So, all right, let's get the yeah. saturation up. Let's do, just do some tech. Let's do the technique. We get our saturation up. <clears throat> Real short, too, Feeling I good. might add to the listeners. We'll do another episode on it, but this is very short. This isn't like, you know, let's pull out and, and set up camp and <laughs> do a breath work session. This is like very quick and very effective. So go on, Mike. It's ho- Yeah, I know. And it's hard because you, you if you're going to do it, you got to pull off the trail and you got to sit down. You don't want to do that stuff standing up because yeah. it could make you dizzy. So it's like you don't because of the elevation. So... Yeah, that made it hard because it's like, all right, we got to hurry this up. I'm doing that whole 10 minutes while everybody's hanging out. We're like doing a session. So we get out there. We get to 11,000 feet. How is John? Like, like I'm just curious because he has no, ex, you know, real, well, at least I don't think, right? He has no experience with breath work. So you're like, hold on, let's go. Let's go do some. I'm going to hook you up to a pulse ox meter, which is total bio mountain biohacker Mike. <laughs> and then like, yeah, yeah, you guys well, are at 90. Let's go do some breath work. <laughs> yeah, no, he's cool. He's calling me coach. He's like, all right, you're the yeah, coach. So let's he do knew. this stuff. I mean, yeah, he's, he's very... It was very open to everything, which I was super grateful for until until I started writing him about some stuff. But like again, he's an athlete, so he's moving at a good pace. He's he's got a good pace, so I'm like, all right, everybody's moving, like we're doing well. But I was also holding everybody back because from everything I read about mountaineering, slow everybody and steady wins. Yeah, 
slow and steady wins the race. Like you don't want a fast pace on Whitney. That's where most people get into trouble. And at 11,000 feet, they're done because they went too fast. They burned themselves out. So that's the general rule is you got to go. <laughs> we met this lady I called a shamma because it was a grandma, half grandma, half Sherpa. And she's moving like so slow. <laughs> she's like, dude, one foot in front of the other. She's moving so slow. And I'm like, guys, this is the pace. You see her? She's got the pace. She's going to blow by us probably in a little while. But she had that pace. And she was so cool. She's like, I'm 80 years old. And what? I don't think I'm going to make. Yeah, I know. She's like, I don't think I'm going to make it to trail camp. But I'm just out here trying. And I'm like, oh, it's amazing. Wow. Like, I, we were like, no. We she was, her on she the podcast. Like, yeah, no. She, Grandma Shamma was like. <laughs> Shamma. <laughs> No, because she's a Sherpa. She's like, I'm, I got this, guys. What are you guys? Are you guys tired? What's the matter with you guys? So, so we, uh, you know, we we got up to now we're at eleven thousand feet. You know, the the it's starting to get all turning it all into rock. And Whitney's still so far away. Like you just look up there, and I'm like, it's not getting any closer. It's just getting bigger. <laughs> you're getting and, uh, so it's like you're getting more tired, but it's it's like it looks further away, even though you're supposedly. Getting closer right. to it, yeah. Dang. And now we, and now we've hit. So now we're approaching trail camp, and trail camp is basically would be considered a base camp. Like on, if you were on Everest, there's the base camp where you're gonna, you're gonna get to that spot that's gonna give you a shot at the summit, and you go, okay, if we're base camp, we'll camp overnight here, and then we're gonna in the morning we're gonna go two thousand feet. Oh, okay. So that's the, like if you summit. were gonna not do the marathon twenty four hour deal, like that's how you would do it, <laughs> right? That's and how I want to do it this if I do it. Yeah, everybody everybody was doing that. In fact, that became a thing because we came across a ranger and he's like, so you guys have headlamps, right? And I'm like, okay. So he knows we're coming down to the dark. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, we're good. We got enough stuff to get down, you know. And Damn. And everybody that we ran into was like, so you guys are doing this in one day? I'm like, yeah, because a lot of people had backpacks. There were not a lot of one-dayers. And I'm thinking, there's a reason for that. Uh, yeah. And then we get to... To trail camp and there's you know big tents set up around and people are all like hanging That's out so and here we are <laughs> here we are with our little day packs like they're like are you guys going to the summit today and like yeah we're going up there we left at 3 a.m we got to go to the summit and they're like oh we're doing the overnight you guys have headlamps i'm like yeah we're good but you get that feeling because these guys again are half our age john's 68 i'm yeah. 55 these we're talking to people half our age that are like are you guys going to the summit today i'm like yeah and they're like okay <laughs> and i'm like I'm like, oh, and boy. you're like, like reading them, like, and, and you're, yeah, and I know like, you, you're like looking at their gear, you're like totally assessing them, and you're like, huh, the majority of the individuals here are literally raising an eyebrow, like, huh, you guys are going to the summit today? Yeah, no, so you're starting to get that feeling like, this is probably wasn't a good idea, we should have done the overnight, which is what I what i wanted to do but like john was like no no i want to do this in one day like he i think he had like a competitive spirit and like he was like no no i just want to do this in one day well, like, it turns right, out man, he's I'll... a marathoner and endurance athlete so it totally yeah, makes he's sense. a marathon gotta get, runner you gotta side note yeah. you gotta tell him about bad water like i don't know if you're familiar with bad water but bad water is one of the most badass ultra events and it's from bad water yeah. death valley and they race from there to Whitney Portal. And I can't like even two, imagine. Uh, yeah. oh, I don't even know. It's 200 miles plus. I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's some a big, gnarly yeah. race. Anyways. Yeah. But that, that sounds like what he was. <laughs> he should have been signed up for. 
Well, no, no, he's like, yeah, no, he's like a he does the twenty six miles and the and the thirteens and the you know he's done marathons yeah. at elevations. So oh, he has done was, some was, stuff in elevation. No, no, I'm saying not at oh, elevation. No. So he's oh, doing not, like yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. a. He did a marathon in Yellowstone. He did a marathon in Hawaii. So I'm like, I feel good about his fitness. Like I was leaning on his fitness. I'm like, his fitness is good. But I'm like, John, you got to drink some more water. We, you know, we. He's like, no, I'm a camel, man. I don't, I don't drink water on my races. I'm like, there's no camels up here at like thirteen thousand feet. You got to drink some water. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, all right, yeah, I just, I don't drink a lot. So I'm like, all right. So I'm trying not to ride him too much about the water intake because that's a big factor. Like you're not hydrated up there, you can get into trouble. Well, most so, people get. We talked about that last episode. Most people get taken out by dehydration, and they think it's elevation sickness, and it's just dehydration. Right. You're breathing through your mouth uphill for miles and you're just dehydrated. All your moisture is going, is going out the door. Uh, yeah. So, and that your pace is too fast. All these things are working against you if you're not mindful, if you don't know. And so he's basically, <laughs> I'm not hungry. He's like violating everything that I read in the book. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I don't eat much. I don't drink much. I'm good. And I'm like, okay. I'm just saying at some point he might hit the wall. I'm thinking to myself, at some point he's going to hit the wall. So at 12,000 feet, we're like, at 12,000 feet, we're all a little bit feeling that. I mean, I didn't have any, like, you feel elevation, but you don't feel sick. Like, well, you, and I you're going to feel, in your defense, too, you're going to feel the physical exertion that you put yourself through. Even if you were at sea level at that point, you would have been feeling it. Now, put yourself into up at 12,000 feet, you know, after right. you know, however many hours you had, guys had been going. Well, of course you're going to be, everybody's going to start feeling it at that point. That, that makes right. complete, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. Right. You're going to acknowledge it as like, whoa, you could feel the effects of elevation. But what we didn't have was uh, headaches, nausea, yeah. all the things that come along with, with when you're really going down. And it was yep. funny because at trail camp, we were again, young guys and the guys talking to us about our headlamps and, and he was looking at us like, you guys are going up there. And he goes, yeah, my buddy back there, who's like all green up against the rock, the elevation got him. We're turning around. So a lot of people at 12,000 feet are turning around because, and that's what they say. It's like for 30,000 people a year that go up there, 20,000 don't make it. 10,000 get to the summit. The other 20,000, my guess is elevation by 12,000 feet. They're like, I'm out of here. Well, if I was to speculate, like if we were to compare it to say the, the Everest, like the summiting Everest, like the process of acclimating is so long yeah. to get and to specific. 20, mm -hmm. what is Everest? 26,000? 28, I think. I want to say 28,000 somewhere in there. Twenty. Let's say 25 plus. Um, you're talking, you know, you're spending a month or weeks um, going up and down and getting to a certain point before you even have a summit attempt. So I would speculate that a lot of people that don't, don't get Whitney aren't necessarily seasoned climbers, seasoned alpinists. They you know, they get in like John, it's like, I want to climb Mount Whitney and not really having a lot of experience in the elevation and, and knowing what that takes. And, and it has nothing to do with their fitness levels. It has nothing to do with, um, their health or anything. It's just the acclimation. It's like maybe so many, too many people come out of the gate too fast and they try it in a one day or, yeah. And they literally just don't have the, they're not acclimating. They're not allowing their body to acclimate and it puts them, right. you know, 
their percentage, yeah, their their odds are way less. Especially, you know, like I live at 500 feet and now you're trying to get to 14,000 feet in a day. So, you know, you're going to feel some stuff. I mean, if, if, if you're going to get it, you're going to, you're going to get it going up Whitney. And so a lot of people at 12,000 yeah. feet, that's another, another marker of like, I can't go any farther. A lot of people turn around as well. We were good. I mean, Cameron's like, dad, my head is bothering me a little bit. I feel it. I'm like, cool. Let's do some breath work before we head up. Cause we got 99 switchbacks to go now. So I do a breathwork session. He's like, Dad, I feel great. Now let's go. So up the switchbacks we go. 99 switchbacks. Get to the top. Again, it's another grind where you're like, oh, man, I, 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 um, you feel it, but you don't You don't have any bad effects. So I was good. The great thing was I wasn't having any issues. I was like, I felt elevation, but I felt no detrimental effects by it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, my you gosh, could just feel that you were in it, but you're like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Right. And so that was to have that was incredible because you know me, I've had elevation sickness where I'm vomiting at 11,000 feet. So yeah. for me to be at like now 12,000, no issues, I'm like, all right, this is this is working really well. Training so now, paid off. Dude, like you wouldn't believe. So now we're like, okay, so we're at we're at 12. We get to the top. Now we're pushing 13,000 feet and we show up at the pinnacles. And I didn't know what the pinnacles were. I had never even heard about the pinnacles. I don't know why, but I hadn't heard about these things. And John looks across at the pinnacles and it's like you have like a view of the world and it's like thousands of foot drops in every direction. Like it's thousands of feet down on this trail. John goes, yeah, I'm not doing that. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right. I again, I was gonna be at any point. If you guys want to turn around, I totally get it. I'm not like my ego's not like I have to summit. I have to summit. But then there was that other party. It's like we got to summit today, boys. This is like the weather's perfect. Everything's aligned. We just got to get yeah, there. Yeah, you're feeling it's, good too. You're feeling strong and like, all right, training paid off. I'm feeling good. Like, let's do this. Yeah. So he get, he looks at those pinnacles, and I could just see he's like he he's got the athleticism to do it, but the but he's like I don't know. But man. his knees are wobbly. <laughs> So, so I tell him, here's what we're going to do, John. If you want to go across those pinnacles, here's how we're going to do it. And Cameron's like, yeah, Dad, we'll put John in the middle. I'll be in the back. You be in the front, Dad. I'm like, all right, cool. So that's what we're going to do. I said, John, if you get out on those pinnacles and you freeze up and you can't go forward or backwards, first of all, I'm going to be totally pissed off, but I'm not going to say anything. But I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get down on your knees. You're going to get on your knees and crawl out of there. Like, I know it's going to be awkward, but you're going to crawl off of there because you can't fall if you're crawling. And you're going to do uh, uh, breath work. You're going to do box breath while you're trying to figure this out. We're going to keep you calm and you're going to crawl off the thing. And I go, but here's what else. So you're not feeling embarrassed. I'm going to crawl with you. So don't feel bad. Like, I'll crawl right next to you so you don't have to feel like, oh, man, I'm crawling. This is embarrassing. Because this is, this, this is a height. If you don't know what elevation could, uh, fear of heights can do to people, it could be paralyzing to where their legs will buckle and the blood <laughs> will drain out the bottom of their legs. Like that's the kind of like fear he had. So there we go out on the pinnacles and it's thousands of feet down, dude. I mean, like it's a narrow three foot wide trail. Like sometimes like it's just three feet and then nothing off the side, no cables to hold on to. It's, it's the one you look so- down and your, and your balls tingle. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm looking at him and I'm like, yep. I'm like, I just kept saying, look to, 
I said three feet in front of you, man. You just look at my feet. Look at look at the right. Do not look to the left. Don't look down. Whatever you do, don't look down. He's like, okay, okay. So he's out there, and like I got, I saw some of the footage where he's like he's up against the rock, and his legs are kind of buckling. And I'm like, wow, this guy's <laughs> like scared, dude. Like he's he's, so he's up, really like, pushing I mean, through a fear. Like he's like legitimately pushing through one of his fears. He's facing his fear in the worst possible place, wow. in my opinion. I, I mean, you might as well take a high building that's like, you know, what, 50 stories and go stand out there on the edge on the three foot thing and just start walking around it and, and, and have a terrible fear of heights. I mean, that's what it Dang, felt I like didn't, that didn't really hit me until you said that because I don't have a fear of heights, especially in the mountains. So that's like. Right. But when you just put it in that perspective, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe. Dang, I've never thought of it that way. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's not much different if you look. Yeah. Damn. And it's not short. It's not like you're going to go for like five minutes and you're like, all right, we're good. Now let's continue on. It's not like that. It's like a mile of just just a couple hours of just like grinding on this thing and you can't afford to slip. You know, you can't afford to fall there. So, you know, here's legs are buckling. I'm like, this isn't good. And uh, and somehow we make it across the pinnacles and everybody's like good. And even, and there's a place, <laughs> what's crazy is on the pinnacles, like the worst part where it's straight down on both sides, you get cell service. So <laughs> that's the one spot where like A and T and T for like 20 feet, you get service. So people are up there trying to like get messages out and stuff. And I'm like, we don't have time for that. We got to get to the summit. So. We get past the pinnacles, and then you look up, and you're like, we're almost there. And you look up, and it's like three peaks away still. And the little tiny cabin, you can just barely see the roof of the summit of the little house that's up wow. there. And I'm like, that's still really far away. Like, it's a long ways. And everybody's good. Cameron's still got a little bit of a throbbing headache, so we're dealing with it with breathwork. And he's getting through, and he feels better, and we keep going off and on. And we get to the finally get to the summit place. And, uh, and it was amazing because we get to the, just to the, the section of rock that takes you to the summit. You're not sure because you can't see anything. It's just kind of straight up and you know it's somewhere up there. And people are coming down. Oh, it's so amazing. You're almost there. And you're like, yeah, okay. I just want to get done. Yeah, because they're riding. They're stoked. They made it. So they're like coming down like, yeah. So we finally get up there and... Uh, we're like we're tired like i'm already, i'm already tired i'm like we made it to the summit i'm like okay we're good so let's relax i mean we're tired of walking we're not physically sore anywhere we're not hurting we're just it's you get tired of walking i mean that's what happens you're walking uphill for the whole since three in the morning it's now one o'clock in the afternoon and you're pretty much done walking Damn. and you got to turn around and go back so and I kept thinking of that. I'm like, wow, we got a long way to go still. This is and, and and all these signs, they post these little signs everywhere, like getting getting to the summit's not the hard part. It's going back. I kept thinking that in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh dang, they're right. So now I've only got a half a bottle of water. Now here's the problem. At twelve thousand feet, you can't get any more water beyond there. So we gotta go it's like ten miles without any water. So whatever you fill up at at twelve thousand feet at that little lake there, that's what you got. That's what you have. Somehow somehow after all the the ninety nine switchbacks, the pinnacles, I'm down to like a half a bottle of water now. And I'm like, that's not enough to go back. I was kind of like, hmm, this is gonna suck because I'm gonna be dehydrated. I know it. Guy is walking around. He's got blisters on his feet. He's like, man, anybody got anything like for feet? Like for my, I got a blister on my toe. And he's like asking someone. And I go, hey, man, I got, I got a first aid kit. I got I'll stuff. Trade you for some water. 
totally. I got I I got stuff specifically for your foot situation. So I'm helping him get squared away, and then uh, uh, and that's what I said. That's when I said it. I said, and it was cool because I was the one that threw it out there first. Like I can got I got you with a first aid kit, and then I was like, man, I go. My problem is I I forgot. I don't have enough water. I only have a half a bottle. So some other guy up the, up at the peak, he's like, hey, man, I got extra water. You want some water? I'm like, dude, if you can spare it, I'll take it. So he fills up my smart water bottle. Oh. And I'll tell you right now, dude, smart having water at the summit and someone giving you some is like getting some gold. Like everybody, it's the most precious thing at the summit is water. So he loads me up with some water. I'm like, man, thank you. And then some. And then he goes, yeah. He goes, I didn't bring enough food. He goes, I don't have a lot of food. So some other guy goes, hey, man, I got an extra food bar oh, here. Take cool. it. So you see everybody at the Shared summit, community like, right up there, just like taking care of each yeah, other. Yeah, we got this little store going, and everybody's like, you know, giving everybody else what they didn't have at the summit, and it was really, it really felt good. Um, and then yeah, Cameron that goes, Dad, morale right? for sure. And then camera goes, Dad, my head's, you know, still not right. And I know we're at 14,000 feet and there's no privacy anywhere. It's all rocks. He goes, but I got to use the restroom, man. Like, I got to go like, right now. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, there's no privacy up here because it's like all rock. So it's like, okay, so we're going to figure this out. So like... He goes off of the wag bag over to some rocks and he's like trying to... She's trying to make himself as small as possible in between these rocks. And I'm like... Okay, we're going to keep people away. So there's people coming up to the summit. They're all fired up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, can you just like hang back a little bit over here? We need some privacy. And they're like, sure. But then we had this Instagram. We have this Instagram selfie girl that's like, she keeps trying to get a picture of herself on the edge. Like she's like going over to the edge and look at me and then snapping a photo. And she kept coming over to where camera was like, miss, can you please just stay back a little bit? And she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. You know and I'm like? Oh my God. Three times. So we Cameron had literally had to like nature called at the summit. Like he's got to go. Dude. <laughs> like, die, not just yeah. whip it out and take a leak. Like he's got to go, go. Oh my God. And yeah, no. And you know, like, for every person that gets to elevation, that it, it messes with your digestive system, everything is completely off with your digestive system. So if it hits you, it's like, uh-oh, it's like, you're good. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, now's the time. So he gets that squared away, and he's able to go, and then, uh, and he's like, all right, we got to get off this rock. I'm like, dude, we got to go. So I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, this rock. <laughs> so we do. Yeah, because it's like... It, you know how far you have to go down. So he's like, yeah. Dad, it's still my head's still my head's still throbbing. I don't feel that great. I'm like, well, let's do some breath work. So we're at the little shack up there. And we're sitting down there doing some breath work, and John's pretty tired too. I mean, I could tell he was he's tired. Like he's sitting there, just like, wow, I made it. This is tiring. Let's get out of here. And that's how yeah. you feel. You're like, we got to go because we got to cross the pinnacles again. So we're going down, and Cameron's head's still hurting. So every time we stop for a few minutes, I'm like, "Breathe, breathe. Do your breath. Do your breath work. I t- you know, you got to do it every time." I'm That's almost yelling. Worst, at him. He's like, "Dad, having a headache." Ugh. Because here's the thing: I know on the pinnacles, you don't want to have a headache and feel mountain sickness. You don't want to be vomiting on the pinnacles. People have gone, stumbled, and gone right off the side. Like I know people have died on the pinnacles. Like. It's in fact Mount Whitney. They don't have a running record anywhere of the fatalities on Mount Whitney all total. They'll tell you each year, like, oh yeah, somebody lost their life on Mount Whitney, but there's no grand total, and there's a reason for that. So 
I'm like, Cameron, we can't go across the pinnacles until I know you're good. And he's like, okay, daddy, you know, so he's trying, you know, everybody's now we're like, okay, we got to get out of here. Cameron's not feeling well. John, I'm like, dude, you have to go out front now. You're going to have to lead us across the pinnacles. I know you have an issue with the heights and stuff. I don't care because I'm, <laughs> I'm putting you're my like son in the middle. <laughs> I'm like, I'm putting my son in the middle now because I got to watch his behavior. So I've learned this as a leader on some, at least in backpacking. You don't lead from the front in backpacking unless you don't want to know what's happening to anybody behind you. You lead from the back because that's where you can upset, you can assess yeah. everything that's going on around you. And that was my, I probably was in the very last most of the trip, even though I felt fine and I could have led too. I stayed in the back because you can assess everybody's behavior if they're having yeah. an issue. If you're in the front, you could hike for 10 minutes, turn around, and you don't know when that person went off the side or fell or whatever. You don't even know because you're walking down the trail trying to get, you know. And so that's it's, the front is a, more of an ego-based thing where it's about I'm the fastest and I'm like that's not yeah. that's not how we're doing. That's not how we're doing this. So anyways, put the strongest in the back. The, yeah, and let the person that's having the biggest issue lead because they're going to set the pace for yeah. everybody else. And yeah, you got to walk slower, but so what? It's like you're, you know, you're getting out. Okay. That's getting out safe is the most important thing. Not how fast did I do it? But some people have that. That's fine. That's racing. That's different, whatever. But now John's out front facing his fear because he's got to lead this and he's terrified of heights and there's nobody in front of him. And now he has to go across and Cameron's in the middle. And there we go across the pinnacles. And I'm looking at John, I'm waiting for him to say, I can't do this. And I would have had to move up front, but I was going to give him a shot. You know, I'm like, try it, John. And so he's out there, his legs are buckling. Like he's like up against a rock and he's like, okay, okay, I'm good. And he's like going across. And then all of a sudden he's like, good. He's not, he's not turning around. He's like, he's getting us across the pinnacles and i'm like this guy's faced his worst fear now he's kind of up front on his own and he's walking across there i'm like dang this is amazing to watch and you know and cameron's like dad i I just don't feel good and then all of a sudden we're about halfway across the pinnacles and dad and cameron goes dad i gotta go again i gotta go right now oh i gotta go now I'm like, no, 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 not now, because there's like, there's no, there's, <laughs> there's a pinnacle, oh man. There's no place God. to go. There's no place. There's no place. And it's like, so, so now I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because I know when you have digestive <laughs> issues, if, if you can just go to number two, if you could just go, you're going to feel a lot better because I know how that is for me. Like, I, if, I, if I'm having issues and a, I go, a lot of like, times oh, in I'm elevation, good. it's not even the, like, <laughs> It's just more of like right? going and getting the air out of there. <laughs> like the right. amount and I'm of like, air, the pressure that builds up, it's not even like dude. you got to actually let something go other than air. Like think of a potato chip bag when you take it to elevation. The thing blows up. It's like you just you need to pop it with a pin sometimes. So I'm like, Cameron, can we just get past the pinnacle? He's like, no, dad, now. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run back a little bit behind me and I'm going to tell everybody on the trail that's trying to get off the mountain on the pinnacles I'm like you guys got to hold up here for like five minutes just give me a few minutes so I go back so John just sits down he's like wow this is a lot like he's 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 like now he's in the middle of this thing and so I go back up the trailhead for people coming down Whitney and I'm like hey everybody sorry I'm blocking the trail you know you guys can't come down right now I need like five minutes if you guys give me five minutes of your time I'm gonna sell you some stuff really shitty situation (laughs) yeah right no and I'm looking over my shoulder (laughs) dude I'm looking over my shoulder and Cameron's running around and now he's off the 
Now he's off the three-foot trail, and he's scrambling on rocks, and I'm having heart palpitations because I don't know how loose those rocks are. And it's all straight down, thousands of feet. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, Cameron, you got to find a place now. Come on. <laughs> he's like, Dad, there's no place to go. I'm like, you, I know. So then he goes up to this outcropping. Dude, there's this outcropping. And it's like it, it, the rock goes out, and then it's straight down for 10, like 10 or 13,000 feet. It's just straight down. And now I'm a hundred feet across from him on another outcropping, stopping everybody. So there's this gap between us of thousands of feet. And I'm, you could hear the echo. I'm like, Cameron, you got to go now. And I'm talking to these people. I'm like, hey, man, you guys ever heard of Wim Hof, man? We do all this stuff up here. So I'm like totally just talking, saying... <laughs> And John's sitting there, dude, John's sitting in between both of us on a little rock, and he's looking out at his worst fear for like 20 minutes. He's just staring at the abyss like, oh, how did I get here? Like, how did I even end up here right now? And I'm looking over my shoulder at Cameron. I'm like, you got to hurry, sure, Cameron. I'm sure Cameron was thinking that too. <laughs> Dude, and he's, you know, for every for every human being, it's like, that's like your most like private thing. So I gave him a shovel because for some reason I brought shovel and toilet paper. And I could hear him like digging, digging, trying to dig a hole. I'm like, you got to dig a hole, man. You got to dig a hole. So he's trying. <laughs> he's in it like. <laughs> but yeah, from across the mountain, all I hear is the scraping. And I'm like, there's no dirt there, dude. It's just not, it's not going to work. You just got to go now. So. He's like, oh, so he's just like, he's, you know, he's struggling and, and poor Cameron. Oh my God. I know, dude. I believe me, dude. I was like, it was getting rough. Like this is now all unfolding in the pinnacles. And I'm thinking now we're getting like where it's getting real to where, you know, a mistake could happen. You can't have a mistake on the pinnacles. I keep thinking that I'm like, okay, we're just going to handle the situation. Thank you folks for waiting. It's been your great experience about Whitney. <laughs> and then finally I'm like, we got to go, Cameron. Like it's time to... It's time to whatever you're at, we got to go, man. So he's over there, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna run up to you and I'm gonna carry your pack. So I throw my pack. I, the girls are like, there's like three three girls that are hiking that were right behind us, and they're like, can we go now? I'm like, yeah, we're good. Sorry. So I take Cameron's pack and put it on my chest, and I got a pack on my back, and I went to stand up, and I realized how far off balance I was, and I I almost fell. I didn't fall necessarily off, but I was like, whoa. And so I dragged my pack, his pack up to where he is because I didn't want him to come back down. I'm like, you just stay yeah. put. So I give him his pack and we're now we're off. The, we're heading down the pinnacles. He's feeling a lot better, which I knew he would. And we got a little train behind us because like we slowed everybody down. And I felt bad about that. I mean, really, I couldn't have stopped everybody. But they were like, no, it's okay. We understand the elevation, elevation. I'm like, yeah, it's bad. So... We get off the pinnacles, and he's like, I feel great. And as we're going down the 99 switchbacks, we're like on our way down. I'm like, okay, we got through the pinnacles. We're breaking this in chunks. Okay, we're off yeah. the summit. Just got to get across the pinnacles. Now we're across the pinnacles. Just got to get the 99 switchbacks. And as we're going down the switchbacks, Cameron's like, hey, Dad, you think we should eat now? And I'm like, oh, come on, dude, really? You can't eat now? No more food for you, man. So we get down We get down to the bottom of the uh switchbacks and uh now it's getting 99. dark and out dude 99 and i'm looking out you know all the way out you can see all the way to the valley floor where we got to go and i'm like we're going to be doing this seven miles eight miles in pitch darkness and we're tired like cameron's tired because he had a headache he's gone through some stuff so he's wiped out a little bit and we got a long way to go 
And so we decided to fill up water before darkness. So we're filling up literally on the switchbacks. I mean, and these 99 switchbacks, everybody's like, well, yeah, that sounds long. I was watching a guy on YouTube who fell five times on the 99 switchbacks, had a swollen yeah. ankle the size of a golf ball or size of a baseball. And I'm like, you can fall here. Like, this is, you know, you're tired. This is a place where you go down. So please, I'm begging them all, be careful down this thing. So we're filling up water. John's like, I got enough water. He goes, I said, just go down to the weight force at the bottom because he wanted to get off the rock. Because here's the other problem. When the sun's going down, and it was really hot that day, the sun's been beating on the rock all day long. When that happens, all the snow melt that's been up there starts to turn into water and starts rushing down the trails. All of your streams start filling up with water. That's why you hike early in the morning, because that's when the lot of water's lowest. So oh, now yeah, we're going down the side of this. Yeah. So we're going down the switchbacks, and now all of a sudden I'm seeing water where there wasn't water before because the sun's been beating on it all day. And I'm like, dang, we're going to get... I'm like, Cameron, you got to keep your feet dry. Don't get your feet wet because it's going to be rough. And so we're trying to keep our feet dry. We, we actually load up water on the trail, get down to the bottom, and there's John waiting for us for like... He's there a good 10, 15 minutes while we filled up. And uh, I go... And we were good. Like I, We ate some stuff while we were filling up water. We drank a ton of water because I was low. So we filled up. I ate, and I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to go seven miles. He's like, yeah, me too. Let's go. So we get down, then we get to John, and he's. I'm like, he thought we were going to spend the night at twelve thousand feet. I'm like, nah, too cold. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. We don't have enough equipment. We don't have overnight. So equipment. he was ready. That's how exhausted you guys were. Yeah, and then I said to him, I said, we're going to go the whole way, and he's like, yeah, let's go. So he was excited that we were. He wanted to go down. He wanted yeah. to get down as bad as we did, and uh, and again. We're a day hiker, so we do not have equipment for overnight. We don't have a sleeping bag. We don't have a tent. We don't have anything for, like, shelter. We have our emergency bivy sacks. We have maybe some down jackets, some beanies and gloves. He John didn't bring pants. I, he, he goes, it's too hot out here. I don't need pants. I'm like, all right. I just found that out, even though he's supposed to bring them. So we can't really stay overnight safely. And I read about search and rescue where they were saying one of the qualifications for a call is if you're out in the hot, in the wilderness and you're not set up for overnight and it's cold, that's considered an emergency because you could technically freeze to death out there or get into some, get in a bad way. So off we go with our headlamps on and we got seven miles in total darkness and it's now eight o'clock at night and we're like, okay, just got to go. And some guys like, yeah, you guys aren't going to get back until like midnight or one in the morning. And I was like, dang, okay. So it's just a grind now. We've been on our feet since three in the morning, hiking seven miles in the darkness. A lot of times to the, your side of you is just pure blackness in the abyss. And you're like, you cannot fall. Like there's no mistakes. You cannot make a mistake out here. Can't. And those guys were all athletes and forget about the gear it's like this all came down to like how athletically fit are you that's what this all came down to and how long could you just go 21 hours on your feet and that and, and that's and that's it you got to go 21 yeah. hours and but it's also that, that risk it's also that risk to reward ratio too it's like yeah you can maybe you don't maybe you don't bring the pants as a backup but Let's just say one of you guys rolled your ankle and you had to spend the night out there. It would have been a damn cold night. You would have been like, damn, I would have, I wish I would have brought those pants. So I <laughs> Dude, think you and I always were... err on the side of, okay, you know, if it, 
it could, if it could happen, it might happen. So let's just plan for it and have the necessary yeah. equipment where we, had know, we the, talked about my dad, duties. like my dad's yeah. like John, where he just like, you know, heads into places and is willing to take a little bit more of a risk than by not carrying as much gear. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing was, is there were three girls that were hiking down too. I mean, these girls were, one of them was a marathon runner. I mean, these were fit girls and one of yeah. them, then they were like, they were ahead of us and they were behind us just depending on who was stopping. And then, and I told the guys, I said, listen, I'm not kidding here. Like if we get stuck overnight out here and they get stuck overnight out here, like we got to conserve heat. Like I'll be the pitch guy, but I'm going to tell them, look, cause I don't want to spin spoon one of you dudes. <laughs> I'm going to tell those girls, hey. <laughs> We got to stay alive out here. This is not sexual, but like we're going to use body heat to keep warm if we had to. I mean, that's like, I mean, you know, I was laughing about it, make a joke about it, but in my, my mind, I'm like, you know what? That's how I'm surviving this night. So it, it gets real, you know, it gets real, real fast. Like you're just out there and you're like, okay. And the other thing was, is when do you call it? A couple miles. I mean, we were walking and a couple stumbles, but nothing bad, but it was like, when do you call it? Because someone's going to get badly hurt. They're going to fall. They're going to trip on a branch. They're going to trip on a rock. And now we have a big problem because rescue's not coming probably till the next morning. Uh, and so I kept weighing in my mind, when do we call this? And just pull over, get in our bags, and wait till morning. Yeah. So every time we stopped, we'd look down and there'd be like spiders and ants and everything crawling. I'm like, yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> like, because I knew cause no one wanted stuff crawling on their face, but I was like, at some point, we need to call this, and somehow we got to bo- all the way to the bottom, and we were dead tired. Like we were just tired, not sore specifically anywhere, just dead tired. I mean, yeah. our legs were t- our legs were tired. You're so and then physically we had to drive back. Spent. Oh yeah, that's right, because yeah. you drove up. We had to drive for twenty minutes down the mountain. And I mean, you're so exhausted, you can hardly keep your eyes open. You're driving down those cliffs again, so you get all the way back to camp, and everybody's like, "Well, who's got the hotel key?" And nobody, nobody had it. It's like what? It's like one in the morning, and we're staring at the door, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, who's got the key?" Oh, I don't have it because I thought I had it. So John had to walk all the way up to the hotel desk to get the key to let us back in. I was like, oh, this is the one time, the one time. I got back in the Jeep and I just sat there. I'm like, I can't move right now. Like this was. 21 hours man but all that to say our elevation we stayed uh in terms of my the funny thing is i didn't have time to evaluate my performance because i was evaluating everybody else's but i never got elevation sickness i never felt a headache i never felt anything detrimental other than like oh i'm tired i feel the you know i feel that we're at elevation and that's yeah. fourteen thousand feet. So, as far as breath work's concerned, you know me being able to hold my breath at for eight minutes at sea level and doing all that work and all the stuff you and I have done and you do strength training, I all paid off. Like it, I was like, yeah. okay, this this is legit. And Cameron, yes, he had a little bit of the headache and the throbbing, but he still made it to the fourteen thousand feet where most people turn around at twelve. So he still got there yeah. and came back down. So he does breath work. He's up to about a two minute hold, about two thirty is his max on breath work. And so again, I feel like those were small but super important factors for succeeding on the summit. Yeah, and I said I've said it many times, it's part of that, like building that doing breath work and building the CO two tolerance, like you are able to enjoy the experience more. Because you spend less time, whether it's acclimating or 
you're just performing better all around, which in your case, you got, you were able to really step up and be a, a leader and make sure that everybody else was, you know, on point and, uh, everything was done safely. And so that's good on you. Congrats to all you guys. That's a huge accomplishment. And I think even I'm guilty of it growing up in Southern California, you hear Whitney a lot and, um, I've never, uh, I've never done it. I've never done anything, um, close to that other than our backpacking trips. And I know what some of those backpacking trips take physically. Uh, Mm -hmm. and now hearing your guys' story just kind of confirms what my dad already said. I know that it was the hardest thing that he's ever done. I know I got a text message from Cameron and he said it was the hardest thing that he's ever done. And, and I saw a comment by one of your buddies from uh, scouts talking about like, welcome to the dust to dawn club. That was the first I had heard of that. And it makes sense. I mean, it's literally like you did a, not only did you do a marathon, but you did a marathon climbing the highest mountain in the, the United States. <laughs> so it's like, I have Dude. mad respect for you guys. It's it's amazing. And, uh, and, and I appreciate that. And that goes back to your training and me knowing you for the last decade. Like every single thing that, that uh, I've learned and that I've taken with me was on that summit, was on the pinnacles. And I remember Cameron, and you know Cameron's tough. Like that guy in high school, yeah. he played football. He was down there a starter. CrossFit L1. I mean, that kid is tough. He doesn't show fear. And he turned yeah. around to me on the pinnacles after we got, as we were heading down. And he's got tears in his eyes. And he's like, Dad, I'm just trying to survive right now. And so we hugged up there on the pinnacles. And my emotions started to well up. I'm like, oh, no, not now, man. So I had to stuff it back down. I'm like, all right. Yeah. It's like, it's all it's all good. But I, I realized when it hit him that hard that it's like, wow, we are somewhere that's like, this is, this is beyond anything we've ever experienced. And how beautiful it is that you got to experience that moment with Cameron at your age. Because, you know. Yeah. A lot of people don't take care of themselves. They've had, they've maybe wanted to climb Mount Whitney or had that adventure in the back of their mind their whole life of like, oh, I want to do it. And then they reach a certain age where it's like, yeah, you know, maybe that's not even something to that's possible anymore because I've let myself go. So the fact that you did it and you guys did it together and it's so badass. I appreciate that because that's something you and I have talked about is about me training so that I could still do stuff with Cameron. We've talked about that before. And this was one of those moments where it's like, (laughs) if I wasn't trained up, I was going to die out there for sure. Yeah. No, it's a big motivator for both of us. It is for me with my, with Grady and Eli, like I want to be crushing it and, uh, and doing all these things still when, you know, they're a little bit older and like, damn yeah. dad dad'll just get after it like there's no question of well, ever if dad can do it or not <laughs> and here's the thing like i don't care who you are you can turn it around like at any age you could decide you know what i'm gonna get in shape i'm gonna start trail yeah. running i'm gonna go up whitney and you can work towards it and you can get there it's not like it's our bodies are amazing because like you said you can't you could you think oh well i can't do it anymore i've let myself go but Many of it's us so could true. turn that a hundred percent around and get out there and and do it. Because I was that guy, you know me. I was ten years ago. I was all pre-diabetic. I was like my arthritis in my hand, all that stuff. And then I met you, 
And then, you know, you bitch slapped me a few times in a gentle way. And then <laughs> the next thing you know, uh, I'm climbing Mount Whitney with my son. So, like, yeah. Corey's like, you can do it. And, uh, no, you, you've been amazing at the training, man. You've, you were really the honest truth is you've been super subtle about you've never like mike you need to do this i don't think you've ever said that one time you just say hey man i tried this and it worked so good for me i was gonna say i always lead lead through example is kind of my my mo and no one likes to be preached at or or told what to do and i was just thinking of a, a good analogy or i guess metaphor or whatever you want to call it of the 99 switchbacks and that's really how you have to approach health and performance and your journey into health um, is not looking at the all 99. It's just one after the other. Like just start, you got to start with the first one. Yeah. And, and I think what at, was cool know. is, yeah, totally. And I think, I don't remember. I think I, I forget. I sent you a message. John got back to Florida and he tells me this one story. I got to tell you this one because you're not going to believe it. Because I call it the John Minor School of Sailing. He's on this boat. He's taught these three couples like the basics of sailing. They don't know anything about sailing at all. And he teaches these guys how to sail, how to turn on the motor, how to get the sail ready, and how to get going on a boat. He's the captain. He knows everything. And he's yeah. on this boat with him for like five days, and he's tired. He's had a couple of drinks. It's like the end of the day. He's tired. And he goes, you know what, guys? I'm out of here. And he dives off the back of the boat into the water, starts swimming the other direction. And they're like, oh my God, what's he doing right now? And and so they're like, oh my gosh, we gotta get the we gotta get the engine started. We gotta get this, we gotta turn this whole boat around to go get him. Cause like this is like a, he just dives into the ocean. So they had to turn that boat around and go get him. And we were laughing in a restaurant so hard. He's telling me this story. I'm like, I can't believe you did that. He goes, well, they were going to figure out if... I was going to figure out if they learned how to do everything I taught them. I'm like, yeah, but the (laughs) the captain doesn't dive off the back, man. (laughs) So he's one of those guys that's like totally cool, totally peaceful. You love the guy, but like, I think there's that edge to him where like, you're not sure like if what you're going to get sometimes, right? Like sometimes he might just do something you're not expecting and you're like, Oh wow. All right. I got to be on my toes with John, man. Yeah, but John I love the guy. Like, we had a he, good time. He sounds like a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to doing a trip with all of us together. Yeah. And- and dude, yeah. the guy did drink less water. He, well, I, I got him to drink most of his water, but he didn't eat a lot of food. He goes, I got tons of food left, and I, you know, and it's ten thousand calories on Whitney. I mean, that's the average burn. So you're trying yeah. to get somewhere near there. I, I don't think he even got half of that. He was fine. He got down that mountain. He even had a couple beers the night before we left, and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm just taking ten percent off performance, ten percent off performance as we're going, and, and the guy was fine. So. So, like you said, there's nothing better than like you can't account no substitute for good genes. For good genes. <laughs> yeah, like it's Dude. just. You but can he's an train athlete, your, and that. Yeah, you can train what? I was gonna say you can train all you want, but you can't train like you can't train good genes, and there's just no substitute. And that sounds like he's a phenomenal athlete. 
And I realized, yeah, I realized, okay, so gear is super important to me, but you know what? That guy got up and down because he was a trained athlete and gear was secondary towards to him. I mean, if we got into somewhere we got stuck up there, it might have become a, more of an issue because of the yeah, you yeah. know the Amazon adventure adventure kit. I don't know exactly what was in there, but like you know, it, it could have yeah, been. You guys might have been spooning. Like, you might have been getting pretty close <laughs> to keep his core body temperature up. Yeah, dude. I'm like, no, we're gonna go pitch it to those three girls. Sweet. Oh man. Well, like I said, you guys crushed it. Congrats. Um, we got to get. You, uh, it'd be fun to get Cameron and John on just to hear their a little bit of their uh, their experience and what what they were thinking, especially Cameron. And their perspective. <laughs> I love their. Pr- I know. Cameron, I love their perspective. The, that is the worst place to have when to have nature call. Like literally, I can't even imagine what was going through his head. Yep, no trees, nothing, just like rock. And you're like, there's no privacy up here, you know, there's nothing. So that's oh, like man. a worst nightmare for a youngster, man. And, and we've all been there. Like, I've been there. Like everybody I know, I've got guys that get on the trail for four days. They can't go to the bathroom for four days. I'm like, dude, like, this is yeah. going to be ugly when it goes down. <laughs> so totally. it's that the mountains, elevation, and we got the cure for elevation. That's coming, man. That's we right. Got it's the, coming. We got some, Good stuff for for dealing with elevation. Make sure to follow us on the uh, Mountain Wellness Podcast Instagram page. Stay up to date on all of uh, the awesome stuff we're working on. Uh, Let's see. Announcements. You got any announcements, Mike? I got some for the recovery den here. Um, Yeah. I'd love to hear what's going on. The den's been blowing up big time. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been busy over here. Um, So we do have yoga that's, we added uh, another class um, specific to four mountain athletes. Um, So it's Mm. it's really more of a focus on recovery uh, rather than um, some of the strength-based movements of of yoga. Like this is really getting there. Uh, Elongating the muscle. Melanie's got... Mike Elliott and I, one of our other athletes doing some, some rad stuff. So, uh, if you're interested in that, shoot me, um, shoot us an email or a a message on Instagram. We can get you in that class. And then we got, uh, Monday and Thursday, five 30 in the evening, just our regular, regular restorative, uh, recovery yoga. And then Wednesday morning, more of a flow, 6 a.m. class. So that's been good. Uh, and then I got a squat rack installed. Yeah. Which, uh, I'm really excited about that one. I feel like the den's now got the the strength and conditioning piece. So uh, in the near future, I plan to bring on a strength and conditioning coach uh, to work with our athletes oh, specifically. Um really to develop programs uh, specific to their individual goals and to the mountain athlete kind of thing yeah, racing in particular. Cause you know, I have a strength background. I know the fundamentals, the basics I can build someone up and, and get them, you know, build them a, a good foundation, but programming is mm-hmm. a completely different uh, beast. So right. You know, I understand programming's, one of the most difficult things is what I'm hearing from coaches. Absolutely, because yeah. you got so much to consider. You, individual sport, uh, catering, individual movements, tapering, making sure that the athlete is at, at peak 
uh, recovery, um, going into the race. So there's a lot of factors. So, you know, to stay on top, to be the best, you know, in the, uh, the area of, um, training mountain athletes, like we got to be dialed. So bringing on a strength conditioning coach is going to be key. So, well, I'm anyways, telling you right yeah. now, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like you're creating mountain athletes out of the den. Cause like we were, we were moving comfortably at 14,000 feet and, I had no issues up there, and, and so I didn't think I didn't know if that was going to be possible. I wasn't sure. I mean, you got to just go and, and figure it out. Yeah. But like, if you can thrive up there and not have any elevation effects, that's a that's a huge part of the athleticism, I think. And so I I'm just saying you're on the right path of creating mountain athletes, and that's freaking amazing. Yep, and making sure it's uh, training mountain mountain athletes to perform their best, like you know. There. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then it goes full circle to really enjoying the experience rather than suffering through the experience. Because right now, you know, the endurance sports in particular in the mountains are, are really big. And um, yep. so anyways, stoked about that. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted on all that good stuff make sure to uh, enter our giveaway uh, all you got to do is um shout us out on instagram uh, instagram tag a friend give us a five-star review make sure you leave a comment and uh you'll be entered to win to uh, some fat fuel for this week's giveaway and then also shout out to grip six our partner for this week's giveaway uh, Michael Barker, who won, will be getting in contact with you. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. I'm super stoked for you and your guys's accomplishment, and I'm looking forward to my adventure race coming up. Mike's coming out to Montana to cover that, and we don't—I don't even know what to expect. It's a—it's uh, an adventure race, and it's—we uh, don't—we don't even know what it entails until the night before. So I'm just trying to get myself in the, you know, top, top shape. And I start building my aerobic capacity, which is never fun. I know how to do that for my CrossFit years, but that's like seal fit though. They don't tell you anything like tell, you know, you don't know. Yeah. It's going to be, it's very military esque. So I'm excited. And then they're looking for your weaknesses. They're like, they're Hey, Corey. uh, Oh, you're a swimmer. Is that right? Yeah. Dude, it's gonna be. Yeah. I'm stoked you're coming out. Like that's. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. even more special now. You're gonna be right alongside us, and uh, Mike Elliott, like uh, one times, of our athletes. Man. Yep, is gonna be. I'm racing with him, and then uh, Janelle Day of Peak uh, Physical Therapy here in Helena, uh, one of the top awesome. physical therapists. And so yeah, dude, we're stoked, and uh, lots of good stuff happening. So I hope uh, you guys awesome. all have a great week and. Um, that's it, man. Go climb some mountains like Mike. Yeah, I will see you in the mountains. Right on. All right, brother. All right. Have a great week, man. The information provided on the Mountain Wellness Podcast is for educational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.